Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Are you looking to quit your fiat job and find a job within the Bitcoin space? Do you want to work for a Bitcoin only startup or company? This is the interview for you. This is Nathan. He's coming at you from at Bitcoiner Jobs. You've heard me shill them before. You can go follow them on Twitter. Make sure you are because what they are putting together is incredible. And you might find yourself that bridge between your fiat life that you can cross to your Bitcoin life and start working within Bitcoin for the passion projects that you connect with and start earning Bitcoin too. So this is the show for you. Before we do the show, I'm going to show some Bitcoin only companies, which Nathan knows all about. Coinfloor.co.uk forward slash Bitten. Swanbitcoin.com forward slash Bitten. Relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash Bitten. Go stack with any of these guys. They've got you covered. They're Bitcoin only. They are 100% on your side to help you stack as many sats as possible. When you've stacked them, get them off the exchanges, get them off the apps, make sure you store them on the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, Bitcoin only edition from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. That will get you a discount. Go to once-bitten.com. Go to the sponsors page because there's more companies there that are doing great things that will give you a little discount, whatever that um, you're looking for. Thanks for coming on the show, Nathan. I hope you guys are going to enjoy this one. It was a great rip. And of course, please also check out my book, Choose Life, if you get the chance. Okay, we are live with Nathan from at Bitcoiner Jobs and a fellow Britcoiner as well. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Good. It's good to, like you say, you put out a tweet about Brit voices and needing to get them on some pods, I think I remember. So here I am. Excellent. Great to have you here. And Lauren, you, you're going to ask the first question? Yeah. So I heard that you help people get jobs in Bitcoin. Um, so yeah. how do you help them? Um, so it's pretty simple. So um, I spend a lot of time connecting with Bitcoin only companies and have pulled together a website, um, Bitcoin jobs to publish those companies that are looking. So if they're looking, for instance, uh, for a, a software engineer, um, they will be able to publish their job on Bitcoin or jobs and then we promote it to the wider community. So anyone in the Bitcoin community that wants to get away from all of the crypto noise, I'm sure you've heard a lot about crypto coins and altcoins and stuff and how we don't really want to be dealing with them. Uh, it's all just noise. Um, so yeah, we, we basically make sure that only Bitcoin only companies make it onto the platform. Uh, so Bitcoiners have one source of truth to go to to find the jobs because they want to work in bitcoin right they don't want to they mm. want to work anywhere else we help them that's... escape fiat oh but it's also good because like some some people want to get a job and then you can put it out there 
and then they do it and then they learn about Bitcoin. Very true. Yeah, yeah. It's a great way to continue studying Bitcoin as well as earning more Bitcoin and helping mm. the overall ecosystem sort of progress. So it's definitely the route. I think you go through stages, you get off zero, then you move yourself onto the Bitcoin standard. Um, and then the next step in my view is to you know start working in Bitcoin, whether it's you know for the community for free or a paid job. Mm. It can teach you a lesson and it can get you paid. You work in the Bitcoin community. Did yeah, you you're, pretty, you're, you're pretty famous. Um, I kind of did. No, you do now. This, this is you're a content creator. You you help me on the podcast. People know your voice. Mm. You, you 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 don't get paid for it. No, I don't. I should really get paid. <laughs> the, the plebs, the plebs are going to be all over me. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we we can sort out some some satoshis to come your way. Mm. Yeah, do you want to be paid by the minute or do you want to be paid by the click? The paid by the question. Paid by the question. How many questions I have. Well, you wouldn't just, you just never stop, would you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Believe me, kids have lots of questions. You just take over. Yeah. Might not be a bad there, thing. There is a movement out there, Nathan. There's a movement out there. There is, a, there is a, an underbelly within the pleb legions that uh i should be usurped from the, the ones bitten I, i'm already trying to think of what my next show should be called wait because, you're uh, gonna make one's... next show well i think i think i'm gonna be usurped from it i think i'm gonna be overthrown oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but daddy if i come on your other podcast i you might be overthrown again i guess it should be called twice bitten <laughs> Okay, you got you've got Plan B though, so you, you can you can take the reins. Dad's got exactly. Places. Yeah, maybe I can take the reins when I'm a teenager. Not really yet. Maybe we'd get bigger and better sponsorship deals if if you were like the lead host. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But what I mean, company would you want to sponsor you and send you free stuff? That's a well, I know Swan better than any other company. Oh, wow. She's actually stuck with Bitcoin companies. I thought you were going to say like Apple or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good answer, given the, uh, yeah, what they're doing for the community and, and obviously Corey's involvement. So you did well there. Well done. The test is over. <laughs> do, you, do, you have any more, do you have any more questions for Nathan? Um, no, I think that's it. I'm pretty sure because... Okay. Can I have my show back? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Remember the money. I'm kidding. Okay. We'll say goodnight to Nathan. Okay. Bye, Daddy. I'm not going to bed yet. Oh, God forbid. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Au revoir. Good, goodbye. Thank you. Mate, what, what are you drinking? What are you knocking back? Santa Teresa. Um, Solera rum, product of Venezuela. I've become a bit of a, a rum... I don't want to use the word addict, but... Um, yeah, I've started to drink just rum on ice um, and making my way through. I got a bottle of Plantation. Um, I think it's from Barbados. Um, and I went through that pretty quick. Um, and then my stepdad has donated a couple of bottles to me and I've recently bought some more. So I've got yeah, four quite nice bottles of rum sitting around that I'm slowly working through. What? How did you fall into that rabbit hole before we get into the Bitcoin stuff? Because like rum is not one of those 
things that I mean, I can see you're you're sitting in a conservatory in the in a back garden in the in the UK and knocking back some Venezuelan rum. It's uh, yeah, that's a strange one. Um, to be fair, it's just recent, and there was I, it was purely so I brought the bottle of plantation rum. I had I don't know if you know Avios points, which is, is so it's like air miles. Um, it was part of sort of Lloyd's banking drive, and they gave you points um, for spending on credit cards. And they've been locked up for ages and I just wanted to do some tidying up, close down the account, um, but not obviously lose the points. And that was all those points could buy me. Like the bottom thing was a bottle of plantation rum. And then I left it sitting in the rack for a while, uh, thinking I'll, I'll have that on a special occasion. Uh, and then nothing special was happening because of COVID. So, um, yeah, I just opened it. I liked it. And then I thought, hey, I'm going to try some more rum. I, I drank whiskey years and years ago for a little bit. Um, so I knew I could handle it just straight. Um, but yeah, and now I'm enjoying it. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I don't want to <laughs> end up drinking too much straight rum. What is the percentage on, on rum? This is 40%. Um, so it's not too bad. It's pretty, pretty standard for a spirit. Bloody hell. And do you, um, do you have the Matt Odell sound effects? If you pull the, is it? A... Should we see? Yeah. Oh, nice. Got a pop right. there. Matt's got some competition. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, well, and I'm just drinking a, a, a classic old Lef Belgian yes. beer. Um, nowhere near 45%, but uh, what are we looking at? 6.6, which uh, is middling these days for beers, to be honest, because you can get some um, some really higher, good tasting beers. You can all right, mate, let's get down to a business with Bitcoin and jobs. Explain to the listeners that do not know, because I have been shilling it a bit on the show, because I've seen the tweets that you stick around Twitter, and I'm absolutely amazed at the level and the quality and the need right now for people to come and work at Bitcoin-only companies. I mean, it lights me up. So how did this all come to be? Okay, so... Um... So my background is in in talent acquisition anyway. So I'm sort of been doing recruitment for my career for the last five to six years. Um, but on the sort of Bitcoin of jobs, it was I, I was just doing the, the general Bitcoiner thing on Bitcoin Twitter and then joining Telegram groups and just generally trying to sort of network. Um, it was actually previously to that the my own experience in trying to find work in for a Bitcoin only company. Uh, so COVID made me redundant. It was all amicable. It was the right decision for the business I was working for at the time. Um, so I looked for a job. I wasn't successful, um, but wanted to see where I could continue to sort of help out. Uh, and I was in the Bitcoin Adventures um, Telegram group, which is something Corey's pulled together with uh, Stefan Navara, Guy Swan, and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, unfortunately. Um, but I was in that group chat and Corey put an, was doing an initiative at the time um, where he was you know, getting people to DM him their experience. And then he was putting it out on Twitter to see if anyone in the network was looking for those experience, you know, skills and experience. And then he'd be able to connect them. Um, I think he got an overwhelming response, as you'd expect. You know, a lot of Bitcoiners, you know, stuck working in fiat jobs, looking to sort of escape and go further into the, the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Um, so he, he put an open thing onto the chat to sort of say, can anyone help? This isn't scaling. We're thinking about putting together just a, you know, a Google form. So people are able to fill out a Google form. 
it populates a database he's enabled to you know share that whether it's on twitter or anything they can be fully anonymous whatever it's mainly focused on skills and experience um so i pulled together a google form branded it nicely obviously in the orange colors and stuff um took the the you know micro strategy b with the the hornets that that michael saylor sort of open sources you like and put out there for everyone to use um and then that worked for a very short period of time. And then again, it wouldn't scale to the next level. Um, and Corey came across a, uh, a software platform called Niceboard, which is basically there's an engineer uh, has made a really simple to use job board platform from the back end. So it allows you to design what the website looks like within parameters and push content out that way, but it's in the form of a job board. So you don't have to, you know, I'm not an engineer. There's no way I could go build a job board, even if it was on WordPress. Um, so he put that out into the chat again and said, Look, if anyone can have a look at this, um, straight away, I sent him a message and said, I'm gonna take a look and have a play around and see how I get on. I had some time on my hands and just headphones in, you know, probably a Bitcoin podcast on at the time and just, you know, typed away with content and stuff. And then Corey and I went back and forth and, and then, yeah, I bought the domain um, and got it, got it all linked up. And then we, we put it out there. Um, and I, I initially took some jobs from, you know, public domain, went on to Bitcoin only companies, jobs boards, pulled all the information across to, to populate it. So there was some Bitcoin only companies on there with, with jobs that they were looking for. Um, and yeah, here we are. We put it out there and just getting, people onto it now and updating it as we go that's amazing mate so first of all domain name did you have to pay up for that or were you just trying to find did were you playing around what happened it, it was quite cheap to be fair but you know because we've gone for a dot co um which a lot of people seem to be doing is it is my view is you know it's the old school dot com is the one to have right at the moment um but that's changing it, it means nothing um really uh, and they're a lot cheaper to go for .co. So yeah, I, I managed to to grab that. I also snapped up. I originally went with wearesatoshi.org. Um, um, but yeah, so, but working with Corey and the, the Bitcoin Adventures group, it just, it was more fitting to go for Bitcoiner jobs. Um, and yeah, we agreed on that. Yeah. And it sounds good in my opinion. I think it fits nicely. It's perfect. Yeah, it's worked out brilliant. Uh, there's, there's, a lot of people running for these domain names, right? The, the, the rush is on. Have you, have you FOMO'd into any others? No, I haven't. I mean, I think it's, I mean, the real, um, you know, the, the, the first mover on that is Michael Saylor himself. Isn't it? He's just released the, the hope.com. He's, he's having that debate with that Frank guy and he owns frank.com. Um, yeah, he, he saw digital scarcity within domain names very early on. So it's not a, surprised that he was quick to jump on this once he actually understood bitcoin um but no i haven't i haven't jumped on any more you know some of them can get really silly i think what was it jameson lot put out recently that bitcoin.com is it bitcoin.com it is just went up for like a hundred million or something wow okay and if you're listening mike i i, I still have gigachad.com so when you want to personalize <laughs> yes that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But there's but, a risk uh, there that you know knows. someone will want to compete with the Giga Chat and try and take the throne, and you know that may be a, a good advantage for that person to have. 
Uh, what what I actually should do is start populating it with those Giga Chad wannabes, right? Uh, well, ha- and then they'll start bidding each other. So if Musk is on there, if I do the the landing page, like you know, who's the latest Giga Chad? Then Musk is on there, Sailor's on there, Ross Stevens, uh, who whoever else is just buying chunks and chunks of Bitcoin. Then yeah. you just hope that one of them's like, mm, I better I better own that. <laughs> yeah, even if it's just for bragging rights. Exactly. But uh, another project I've got to get around to doing. So we'll see what happens. I love the fact you're so focused on Bitcoin only companies and it makes complete sense with obviously Corey's involvement. Um, so for those people that aren't aware, Corey Clipston from, from Swan and uh, obviously the other guys at Bitcoin Adventures who you mentioned, total Bitcoiners and nothing else will do. How have you, well, what success have you had so far that you can share with the listeners that might be thinking, holy crap, is this my way out? In what respect, sorry? Placing people. So uh, this is something that I'm working on at the moment, and that's the, the granularity of the data, um, because you know, it's a free community resource so for, for everyone. Um, you know, it's free to post jobs and they're unlimited, and it's free to apply to as many jobs as you like. Um, it's still quite early on, so it's not fully integrated from end to end. So I can, I can see when people have clicked the apply button and things like that. So I have a dashboard telling me, um, but I can't then actually see if they've gone right the way through to interview, offer, acceptance and started. I've been talking to a few people on, on DMs um, that are you know, applying through the board and I'm saying like sort of stay in touch. Um, there was a small uh, content company. I think it's CryptoChamp. There's a guy called Josh. He just—it's it, a small personal blog site, but he—he you know, he was hiring a um, a content writer for Bitcoin only, and he's actually secured someone and taken his role down. Um, but I don't know whole numbers. It's you know down the line. Hopefully, we'll be able to see exactly how many people we're helping. Um, but I think we launched it at the end of Feb. Um, and there's been over a hundred people sign up for the newsletters. So you can sign up for daily or weekly bulletins, letting you know the new jobs over that time frame. Um, so if they, as soon as they hit the board, you'll get a notification. You can quickly jump in and be obviously one of the one of the first applicants. Um, but yeah, I'm still waiting to pull that data together so we can sort of shout and scream about the Bitcoiners we've helped get out of, of fiat. So this isn't like your old job, which was the, uh, the the classic recruitment style kind of take a percentage when you place someone. And is that what you were working on before? Yeah, I mean, that, that that's this is fully on the side evenings um, side hustle uh, at the moment. I am, you know, like I said, I tried to get a job in the Bitcoin space. It didn't work. We've got bills to pay and need to mine some fiat to get it converted um, so I'm, I'm working and I did do more contingency in the past through agency work. So we would charge 15, 18% um, per placement and do, you know, we do the active headhunting. I now work more on an embedded solution for a consultancy. Uh, so I work on site for one client, helping them um, build talent pipeline, attract people mainly in data and analytics. So I'm still doing that at the moment. Um, and it, yeah, it's enjoyable. I enjoy doing it. I get to talk to loads of people. It's not Bitcoin, unfortunately, but this is uh, this keeps me this keeps me on the Bitcoin track. At least, yeah, you know, I can do something to give back to the community. 
do you think at any stage it, it will become monetized and you can scale it and it'll be a, a way to move away from the fiat world? Um, there's no plans at the moment and I don't want to go down the, this is going to be monetized because then you start focusing on trying to bring that monetization forward. Um, and then you, you get distracted. This is, you know, more community driven. You know, th- we've reached this point in Bitcoin where the big use case is hodling, but in order to scale the next layer of solutions that are being built on top of Bitcoin, we need this. We talk about the wave of money coming in. That's great. We now need a wave of human energy that are, you know, tunnel visioned and focused on, you know, building Bitcoin solutions. Um, so that's the, that's the goal at the moment. Um, but, you know, in, in the future, if, if there's value being made, you know, that's the whole ethos of Bitcoin. So if it's a value add and people, you know, Bitcoiners will pay for value add. Um, and if it enhances the service, then, you know, that's something we can look at later on. But at the moment, it's, yeah, it's not even on a bit of paper what a plan is. So we're just getting it out there. Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, and that's like what so many plebs just want to do, right? As soon as they've been in the Bitcoin space, it's happening quicker and quicker. I talk about this a lot. Uh, I don't know when you, when we'll get into your rabbit hole story in a second, but certainly the the new class, right? Class of 20 or class of even 21 now. Well, we're already in April, so we're, you know, well into uh, 21. People fall down a rabbit hole and they want to give back in some way within weeks or months. And that's nuts. Yeah, and it happens fast. Um, and that's, that's you know, thanks to the likes of you and all of the content creators and the people just talking out there in a no bullshit way that delivers education so quick the, the the way in which you could once you really understand it and people put it you know they just condense the information to the point where we've now got hodl have fun staying poor few just these little things once you understand it's like a completely different language of condensed information um and bitcoiners have nailed the ability to deliver that information in a way where anyone can understand it and learn it rapidly. Um, so the thing with that is I've always found with education, the longer it drags out, the more likely you are to tail off and lose interest. And Bitcoin just grabs you and consumes you so quick because of the way that information is delivered that you've got so much built up energy to just jump in and do more for the space. And then that is that creates that snowball effect that's just, you can see it. Like once you see it, you see it and you can just see it rippling through. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's you can see the smile on my face. The listeners can't, but it's, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's something completely different that we've never even come across before. Um, so, yeah. How did you peek into that hole first, first time? What, what was going on? Uh, well, what was, the, you know, le- leading up to the rabbit hole when you first kind of discovered it, what was going on? What was life like? What was the day to day? So I'd say it was pretty, pretty shitty, if I'm honest. It was suffered the the consumerism, the the materialistic lifestyle, the constantly pushing myself and pushing work hours up 
but then asking myself, why is it not working? Surely if I'm doing this, I'm doing it right because my paychecks are going up, but it's not happening as it's meant to happen. It wasn't going right. Um, so I, 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 you know, took some time out, but I, I've had two points to my sort of Bitcoin journey. It's been, one was the idiot, there was all the rave about it in the news 2017, had some disposable cash um, in savings, put it into there because I'm a bit of a risk taker. Um, and then I diversified with shit coins. You know, it's what I was being told to do. Uh, I didn't understand any of the technology, any of the, you know, the, the macroeconomics, the game theory, you know, and the understanding of time, which is the, the key thing to Bitcoin, really. Didn't understand any of that, um, but didn't have to look at it because it didn't, you know, it wasn't, it was just disposable cash, as I said. Um, and then recently, when I was made redundant in 2020, and we had a furlough scheme in the, here in the UK, which I'm sure you're aware of. So I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, and then I just started to read more, listen to podcasts. That's when I got myself onto Twitter. I wasn't even on it before. Um, and then I was like, okay, there's something more here. Um, and then I quickly, quickly understood and, and, a, and a switch sort of flicked that it is Bitcoin and everything else is just noise. And then I quickly just you know, moved out of all those other coins. Um, and then, yeah, put myself onto the Bitcoin standard, read the book um, and took it from there, really. And then it, as soon as you do that, then the next thing is just more and more education. You're just continuously learning, listening to new people. And then new people come into the space with their own take on things and it gets absorbed. And yeah, so there's two points to my journey. One was selfish, trying to jump on the, the hype train. The other was actually the, the switch flicking and understanding it. What do you think? Growing up, that, that there's usually something, some kind of, some part of your personality that resonates with, with you now as being a Bitcoiner. Did do you ever think about that? Like uh, kind of like a, a predisposal to to finding Bitcoin, which I think everybody has. It's just trying to find that particular thing. Yeah, I think I, I didn't get on with school. It was it moved way too slow. Um, I, I was very impatient. Um, I've, some, I've been a, impatient for a lot of the wrong reasons pre, you know, in the past. Um, but yeah, I think I heard someone say, I can't remember who said it, it's like Bitcoiners are the ones that were sat at the back of the classroom and thinking, what the fuck is this teacher talking about? Um, and I, it made me laugh. I was driving at the time, I remember it. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't get on. Um, drop, drop, I did mechanics at college because my friends were doing it and I dropped out pretty quick to because I wanted money um and then yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say it's I put in so much work in the current system as you like um to move up few free, like you know I did pretty well for my age I was earning pretty good money at sort of you know 24 driving Mercedes and, and things like that and after two weeks of having it yeah, and I was materialistic and now I'm not. You know, I, don't, I don't know any Bitcoiners that are, that are not true Bitcoiners. You know, once you understand that it's all just noise. So yeah, I'd say probably that. Um, and then I did break down. I, I, I worked really hard, got stressed out, ended up resigning, saying I need to focus on myself. 
trying to just trying to do something that matters and a lot of people are sort of you know it's not easy to find something that matters and you like doing um and i'm i, I thought that and then i found bitcoin and it's like bitcoin touches on everything so if you want to do something that's meaningful you know, there's a, there's something for you to do in bitcoin trust me yeah for sure so, yeah i reckon that i reckon that's it that's that's probably it i'd, I'd probably now, I'd, I'd probably identify more as, as the journey continues and i i want to go down the, the rabbit hole of uh, recruitment was that the job you were working in when you had the mercedes and you were working your butt off Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Taking work that, home. That 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 industry, man. Uh, I, I'm not really that sure. Too many people know what what goes on in in these companies. Uh, I did a very very brief stint uh, when I managed to extricate myself from the foreign exchange markets. I did. I bounced across and helped a friend who was uh, well. He hired me. It was amazing that he hired me to. Uh, try and set up a uh, banking and finance recruitment desk for his company that he was moving across into uh, expanding into Singapore. Man, I lasted five months. I mean, it was a it was a, a calculated risk on my side because I knew, well, at least I'm going to know who the hell's hiring and I can look at finding myself another spot in a different industry and ended up doing that and working my way into a, uh, a commodity trading and, and brokerage house in, in soft oils which is another story entirely. (laughs) (laughs) And I only lasted one year doing that before I was like, right, fuck this. We're going to take the kids out of school and travel around the world and, you know, make our own life. And then found Bitcoin. But anyway, um, that business, the recruitment business, at its its most brutal and um, kind of the, the worst kind of sales practices I think I'd ever kind of seen and talk about misaligned incentives. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I saw that working in, in recruitment massively. Um, I'm not sure how true it was. I, I read, you know, it was similar to, because recruitment's unregulated. You know, we're not big fans of, you know, tight regulations, but it's completely unregulated. Um, you know, really low barrier to entry. And it is, just, you know, some of the stories you hear around the margins that were put on for the very small amount of work put in um, is crazy. But it was, I've, I read it somewhere again, I'm not sure if it's true, but it was similar in the insurance industry way back when, until they had to put in place that they couldn't align bonuses to what insurance people were selling to a degree, because they're obviously selling products that impact people's lives. And when you align a personal financial incentive to that, they're obviously going to miss sell the products to, for their own gains. Recruitment is that um, you, you'll, you'll sit in meetings and, you know, say, for instance, you're my candidate. Um, we've built a really good relationship because I'm a people person. And then you've got client A and client B and client A is paying you 10 percent and client B is paying you 20 percent. Client A is a really great company to work for. And I know that because I've worked with them for years and client B is an absolute shithouse. You're encouraged to push you as the individual into client B, even though I know you're going to hate the job and probably leave. But as long as you stay there throughout your probation or my retention period of that fee, that's fine. Move on to the next one. Um, There's a lot of that 
in in the standard sort of contingency recruitment world and it's and i'm i'm glad to say it's dying out it is dying out you can see those types of business models are not working um like i said i, I now work at a more embedded solution so we charge a consultancy retainer on a monthly rolling basis we're like scalable people if you want a consultant on site you pay a monthly fee no placement fees you know they can place five ten people and the price will be the same and then when your demand tails off, you can say, I don't need that person anymore. And then we go onto a bench and then we find another project, um, which is which is much better. But yeah, you're, you're right. And I can see why you you maybe didn't last. Hey, look, Man, the replenishment of the beer. The repl- Yes, thank you, Lauren. She's, uh, she's, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, yeah, well done. Uh, I should definitely be paying her. Um, the, <laughs> what I, um, those misaligned incentives, man, were just so, you know, it, it was strange for me because I had worked in boiler room situations. You know, the, the foreign exchange market is the, the busiest and the most volatile and the most, you know, you, you, you earn your stripes when you work there. But by and large, there, there wasn't too much certainly on the brokerage side of things, that there wasn't too much messing around with uh, um, like what you would deem immoral behavior. Of course, you had your outliers definitely on the trading side, people, you know, putting on bad trades and, you know, shocking, shocking losses for, for banks like NAB and Sockchain and, and such like. So you're of course always going to have the bad actors. When, when I, sat in that in that recruitment role for a little while i was like jesus like as you were just explaining you would be pushed to put that person who you'd built a relationship with who you knew had a wife and kids into that position that's just going to earn you more percent yeah and fingers crossed they last the six months and you get paid out and then you dangle the other company back in front of their noses to try and extricate them out of that and then put them into the company that would have been a better choice for them in the first place. You're just moving people around like pawns to your own game. And I saw through that very, very quickly. And I was like, man, I just don't think I can stick this out. This is shocking. Yeah. It, 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 it's yeah. There's a lot of people that just ride it as a sales job and do that. And they, they like the big paycheck. So they'll push it more. It's sort of, you know, I'd, I'd go to lunch. I remember I went to went to lunch with a candidate and I was only representing her to one company. Um, and it was a it was a fairly new client. So and we were more on the outside. You know, in recruitment, sometimes you're you know what's going on. Sometimes you're just a supplier, you know, it tends to be the bigger the company gets. Um, but I went to meet her for lunch. and I was like, how are you doing? She's like, yeah, OK. Um, there was there was some issues. Right. And then she was like, but what, what's your um, what's your period of time where you get a fee? Because I'll make sure I won't have my notice in until that's over. And I was like, I, I literally couldn't care if you want to get out of this company. I'm like, do it. It's, you know, it's the be- right thing for you. And I remember it. It was it was one of my more recent placements before I left that company. Um, but, you know, when people are thinking like that, it's not only are they misaligned, but it's happening out in the open they know that's what's happening um so yeah it's it's pretty very misaligned and but but no there's never been any sort of 
new models until this now embedded is really taking off, which is more value add. Um, and it's more sort of, you know, turn it on like on and off like a tap um, seems to be working. And like I said, those more contingent based recruiters, they are still there, but you can see that the, the numbers are dropping. Man, like you're up against it as well, though, right? Like, look at Hayes. They're just so huge. And all they do is just try and farm CVs because it goes, I, I try and tell this to people. It's like, you know, just don't send your CVs off to these people. They are scumbags. Yeah. Because they have, because they have such that huge database, companies believe that they're the best at placement. So companies give them, and they can get themselves on um, PSLs, right? Uh, what's that stand for again? Preferred, Preferred. supply list preferred suppliers list because yeah. they can it's a it's a race to the bottom for them percentage wise they can just keep undercutting 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 i i've seen some models where it's just crazy the amount of steps and it is you're right so it goes from so you know the recruiter would charge a fee and then that would go into like another bigger recruitment company that would then take a slice that then would go into an RPO provider that would then take a slice that they would charge the end client. And it's like, if you're charging 15% and the client in the end of it's getting charged like 25, 27%. Um, yeah. It's just like, is there any need for those hops in between when we find the candidate and you hire the candidate? Um, but yeah, there are some mammoth sized companies out there that, yeah, they just they just churn CV. People are just pieces of paper, and they're they're churning them out and just seeing where they land. And oh, if I put you again, you know, it's a it's a game of numbers. I've got a candidate that's available on the market. You know, the more clients you've got hiring that skill set, the more opportunity you've got in placing them. So you just you just throw it out there. Hiring managers used to say to me, "Yeah, but then we don't need your service. We've got these other people." I'm like, "Okay, fine. If you give them the job uh, description." How many CVs land on your desk? Oh, I get ten in ten minutes. I'm like, how do like do you, you realize what they're doing? What do you mean? <laughs> like they they control effing their database and searching the keywords from your job description, or they're pasting your job description into a platform that is matching as. That's why you get ten CVs on your desk. They don't know who they are. They have no idea. And they'll also, and as a hiring manager, go, oh, I want to interview that person. And then they'll go, oh, I should probably talk to that person now. I've got this job over here and I know the hiring manager wants to talk to you. Oh, but they don't actually tell you that it's because I sent them your CV. Um, and then, oh, yeah, actually, I am interested if they're lucky. If not, no, no, I'm not looking. Go back to hiring manager. Sorry, that candidate's not available anymore. They were never available in the first place. It's shocking. <laughs> Yeah. It's a disgusting practice, and I hope that's lifted the lid on, on, on that old business model for a few people listening, because I'm sure there are many people, uh, you know, that people, the thing is people become reliant on, on these, these companies, right? Uh, especially contractors. If contractors are going from gig to gig to gig, they become very reliant on that, that recruiter without really realizing that the recruiter is just pulling all the strings behind the behind the scenes uh, and playing around with their relationships and, and figuring out hourly charges and how they can finagle the bit. It's just incredible. Go yeah, on. I can see you're, you're, you're good to go. You're triggered. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 on the contract side, the value add is it, like, 
a contract would come out um, and in what we have, especially in technology, so all of my recruitment's been in technology, is it's been a candidate-driven market. So when that happens and you get more contract vacancies, they're the juicy ones because they're the ones that give you repeat billings every month. You'd, you'd get it in, you'd get the candidate, and the candidate wouldn't really... You'd get them in, and then once they've started, they could be there for two years, and you're rarely even talking to them. But you're still getting paid for that two years. Um, it's, then you yeah. take, isn't it set up that you take a certain percentage of the hourly charge or something? We we never did. We did so we uh, the majority of our contractors um, were always on like set day rates, um, and then we'd charge, depending on the client, anywhere between nine and fifteen percent margin on that on that daily rate. Um, you know, the margins came down the more volume there was, but. You'd find them, you'd take them through the process, but just the model was once they'd started, you'd just, you'd only be there if they had any issues with, you know, payroll or anything like that. You'd never continue that relationship or that value add. So you could put someone in for a three month contract and it gets extended, extended, extended. And the client's still paying you when the money could be going to that person that's getting extended for the good work they're doing. But it's not it's going to the agency and and sometimes it's yeah it, they'd ask for a, a, a pay rise you know on their day rate um and then you'd have to try and negotiate because you'd want to maintain that 15 percent margin um and there were times where you know we'd cut the margin to to keep the contractor but that was because it was in the best interest of the business but yeah, I think in summary, the incentives are completely misaligned, and it's it's a it's a low value add business model. Um, the, the the traditional contingency based recruitment. You've triggered me on that. Um, when they asked for a pay rise, I remember seeing uh, or hearing about <clears throat> the the first thing you do is you try and negotiate with the hiring manager to to pay the guy or the or the girl more, and if it was just a flat no. Then you start negotiating. Okay, well, what if you were? What if we were to cut hours down to like thirteen and a half percent? And okay, agree on that. And then call the person back and say, "Well, listen, I've I've just negotiated like uh, an extra X amount per hour or X amount on your day rate." And so, so you would you would look like the hero in whatever scenario, right? And it was just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, you you yeah, you deliver the news, smiles on your face. And you know, behind the scenes, as a commercially, you're doing everything you can to retain as much of that margin. Um, and it eats away. That's probably a big reason why I built up so much stress working in that environment. Um, but well, what happened there? Did do you do you mind talking about that, or is that something you'd rather not? No, discuss? I mean, I, I just I just was working too much, and it's just you know the money was going up, and like I said, there was no it was enjoyable for two weeks or I'd go and, you know, buy dinner and drinks for a group of mates. It's all on me. And like I said, leasing a Mercedes and you know, the ability to, you know, cheap debt and the ability to rent nice things coupled with the ability to make easy, cheap money and the force fed consumerism and materialistic lifestyle that's plastered everywhere for everyone. Minute by minute in our face, no matter where you look, um, it's no wonder that I, it was a downward spiral. It was a ticking time bomb. Um, and my, my girlfriend is, is my rock. Um, 
I, I when I quit. So the, the funny story is I was, we worked together um, and I was chasing her for, you know, over, over two years, I reckon. Um, and she was having none of it, <laughs> having none of it. Oh, how um, much, how much <laughs> shit were you getting on the desk for not being able to close the deal? I want to know. Come on. <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes and my comments passed because it was, it was very out in the open. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, hey, the persistence pays off. Yeah. And Bitcoin teaches you about time, invest the time and you'll be rewarded. That's that. Yes. But, um, but I was I, trying for so much and she, she couldn't, she wasn't having any of it. And um, it got to a point where we were really good friends. And I wanted it more, wanted it to be more than that. And I was like, I'm going to hammer notice in. She told me I was, she told me outright, I was a bit of a corporate twat. And, <laughs> um, nice. And I, res- <laughs> I, res- I, you know, I respect her a lot and I took that on board. And so I was like, you're right. I, I've spiraled out of control. You know, I'm not in a, I'm not happy and in a good place. And I'm also, a, you know, people are viewing me as being a bit of a twat. So I handed my notice in and planned to do, you know, a bit of traveling, a bit of reading, learned photography and stuff. And just before I left to go traveling, we hit it off. So when I did go traveling, I came back very quick. Um, I just went to, to, to Croatia and, and Montenegro for a bit. But um, yeah, I came back very quick because I, I was like, I've got her now. I'm not, I'm not losing that. And I got very homesick. So I came home. Um, I don't so know how I got onto that. It wasn't the Mercedes that, that brought her around. It was you being you and getting, you know, getting out of that trap because the UK man is toxic as fuck for this kind of stuff. Like it's each time I go back, I've not lived there for 21 years, but my God, it's just amazing everybody's got to have the the newest car everyone's got to have the flashiest tv everyone's got to have everyone's wearing designer clothing like there's no question yeah it's mad it's it's it's, it's mad it's like i say it's plastered and it but it's easy to do it's it's become affordable and the norm um yeah money is is cheap it's easy to earn now it really is like so easy um but yeah it, you're right it's I, I was very much sucked into that it, it, it's a horrible once you come out of it and look back you realize just how dark it is but when you're there you think that's just life that's just normal everyone's doing it because the majority of people are so you, you know it's even harder to see when you're part of the majority um yeah there's a yeah a lot of things piled up um but pushing me to say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to have my notice in. The money, the money can always be earned. You know, I did it pretty quick in comparison to to a number of people. So, um, best decision I've ever made because it, it just had this knock on effect of this journey, which ended up at Bitcoin. Um, and then now I can see the Bitcoin is the beginning of the journey for the rest of my life, as far as I can see it now. So, I think I'm sorted on you know drive passion and, and things like that because we've got a lot to a lot to build and continue to do in the space so absolutely so <clears throat> is said lady still in your life yeah yeah very much so things are going really well um yeah got a house together got a, got a pup we've got an eight month old great dane which is testing us um there are you know kid conversations 
when we're good and ready, I'm very much the, we need to be in a good place. I don't think I can, I've got this actually, I wanted to make sure I showed it. I told you I'd, I'd bought it. Oh, my book. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I've got it. I'm moving on to it next. I'm just finishing up Layered Money uh, and then I'm going to be moving on to this one um, as my book of choice. But um, yeah, we're very family orientated, orientated um, and they're, they're all around where we are. So not quite sure the nomadic lifestyle is something we could do full time, um, but definitely, you know, even if it's three, six month stints, you know, show kids the world and stuff, because I, you know, I said I went traveling. I was a bit of a closed minded idiot from school and stuff. And when I went traveling, um, you, you learn so much seeing different cultures and, and the way and you just meet so many different people from so many different backgrounds. And I think it's that was a big, important life lesson. And my girlfriend, she's traveled a lot and, you know, did a, a volunteer program in Fiji and stuff with you know a village there in building a school and whatnot. Um, yeah, you, you learn a lot. It makes you a better person. So I've got the book. I'm going to train myself. So when the, when the kids come around, I'm fully geared up and ready to take them globetrotting. Mate, I love it. Well, thanks for supporting it. I really hope it adds some value and, and you get a lot out of it. And your girlfriend as well. What, what changes has she seen in you since you've been in the rabbit hole and interacted with Bitcoin? What do you, you must drive her nuts. I'm assuming. I, walk, I walk around the house and I can't help myself, even if I haven't seen the video. And it's like, or I'm you know, singing, pumping up or something. Um, yeah, she, yeah, I've definitely spoken to her about it. And I haven't managed to orange pill her. Um, but, you know, we, we're, we're, we're tight. So I've got that sort of knowledge and decision making under control. Um, yeah, she's, <laughs> I don't know how quite how to say it. She hears a lot about Bitcoin, whether it's, you know, Clubhouse is being turned on or I, I'm just on Bitcoin Twitter and I'll, I'll snigger to myself and she'll look over and I'll show her something and it's just going straight over her head. But um, yeah, she'll get there. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm working on it. My kids and my wife hate Pump It Up. I love that song so much. But because I won't stop playing it and I can't stop singing it. And But I, it, it needs to go on today, right? When I woke up this morning, <clears throat> price was pumping. I've not looked again. Yeah, it was, it's it was 60 and $200. Um, dollars. I think it was about, I looked, looking at Bitbo. Yeah, new all-time high today, right? 61,128 yeah. on Bitbo. Yeah, and then we, we've come down, but it doesn't look like people are selling to drop it below the 60. So I think I, I explain it to my um, friends and stuff and close loved ones that I helped get off zero. Um, is, is that whole metaphor, uh, is it metaphor? You, you know, the, the, the spring, the longer we're doing that, it's just, it's just getting compressed more. So time preference, that's, that's the key lesson, isn't it? Totally is, everything. Mate. It sounds as though that's resonated with you a lot. Is that the one thing? I'm getting a weird echo. Am I coming through your earphones or am I coming through? Yeah, you're coming through laptop. Coming through the headphones. Is it still that's there? Weird. I, I'm good on my side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's okay. Uh, the question I was going to ask, whilst you pour yourself for more rum, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clinking clinking ice in the background uh 
Shit. I think we were on time preference. Right. That's that. That was the question. What aspect of Bitcoin do you think has kind of deeply ingrained itself in you the most? Is it that? Is it the time preference? Because you you have referenced it a few times. Or is there something else that you know has changed you? What was? Yeah. What aspect of Bitcoin has changed you the most? Do you think? It's got to be understanding time. Um, I think. I think I was writing some notes yesterday, just thinking, and it's sort of, it is understanding time. And people are like, what do you mean? I said it's my brother before, because I do, I've got a couple of bonsai that I've grown from seed recently. And it takes a good, you know, probably three years before it starts to look like a mature tree, but on a smaller scale. Um, but I remember telling my brother and he was like, what do you mean you're trying to understand time even more? And um, like you've forgotten how to tell time stuff. And it, people don't understand that when you need to think long term, you have to account for so many more variables. And then the more variables you take into account, the more you realize that a lot of those variables are unnecessary. So you start to cut them out of your life whilst still maintaining that long term thinking. I think Bitcoin is, is the key thing. That's that's what it's taught me is not only thinking long term, but deeply thinking long term. Um, more than just years, you know, what's going to happen over those years? What are the goals over those years? What can you do over those years? So definitely, time. I think I, I still need to read Gigi's time um, article because a lot of people have published it everywhere, and I just haven't got round to to reading it. I probably should. But yeah, that that's the, I'd say that's the biggest biggest thing, um, and yeah, you know, and the materialistic side of things, and you know the one, yeah, you know, I've started working out. I never worked out really, and then you start working out, you you start valuing the important things in life. It's weird. You can't it, it, explaining it to people. It's just an investment to them from the outside looking in, and it's so much more. It's a mindset change on you know. Once, once you once it flicks, it flicks, and you're you're on a completely different path. Um, so yeah, time is the main thing, but there's all those other different things that 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 Bitcoin involves, um, and the education piece as well is you know the number one thing for Bitcoiners is to continue to educate people. It's it's top of everyone every Bitcoiners list pretty much right is passing on that information, helping people understand, and guiding them. Um, and when you've got that as a, as a big community, it's not going to fail. Like it's not going to fail, Like that is value add for the human race. So as the, as the, the Americans would say, period, it finishes there. It's the hive mind, man. It's, it's just, you, you can't, you can't stop it. It's once you have this understanding and the, you, you've, you, you reach a certain point where it suddenly clicks and you're like, fuck everyone I know needs to know about this. And then they don't listen to you. And it's like, well, oh, how do I, how do I help them understand? And they don't read the articles you send them and they don't listen to the podcasts that you send them and they don't watch the YouTube videos. They don't read the books you sent them. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. I've, um, you know, I, I, I've managed to build relationships with close friends and family that they trust me. Um, so when, you know, when I 
when I tell them things and, you know, it's the get a little bit of this, you know, and try and break it down, you know, the scarcity side of things is, you know, people don't really understand because no one really knows what's happening with money at the top levels and funds and stuff. You know, your everyday person, you know, no idea what's going on there. Um, so they don't actually, they don't even know how much money is in the world um, and what it's even looking for. But yeah, I'm lucky enough that, that I've built some trust. Um, so they may not listen to the podcast or read everything I send, but they listen to me when I tell them direct to, you know, get some kind of thing. <laughs> if you wind yourself back six years ago, how would you view the, the daily events, like the, the news and everything else you were reading? You were probably listening to the radio in your car or if you're on the train you've probably picked up a newspaper or you were watching a 10 o'clock like uh news in the evening you're constantly reading bbc in the office uh you know yeah like not even six so this is a great point because so everyone always talks like that you know my my parents that are of the older generations and stuff would always say that you know the news is don't believe everything you read on the news kind of thing and there's a reason that's a saying but people still read it and listen to it <laughs> that's the weird thing um but yeah I, I mean I wasn't I wasn't massively into news but I was on the mainstream media heavily then I must admit COVID hit and that was you know COVID hit before me really understanding Bitcoin um and I went a bit sort of worrying about, you know, the COVID stuff and what was being plastered on mainstream media. But it didn't take me long to realise that, because I thought, yes, the mainstream media is, you know, they tweak things and they're there for the clicks. But when it comes to something as serious as COVID, because it was serious at the time, right, then they're going to knock that on the head for a little bit and they're going to they're gonna give us clarity. They're going to, you know, they're really going to help us out because it's serious. Uh, and it didn't take me long to realise that that wasn't the case. And then when I saw that, I thought that that's something that's really quite fucked up. So, um, yeah, I cancelled all of it. But when I do see it, say I'm at a friend's and the news comes on or I'm watching TV or something and then it flicks onto the news or I'm listening to the radio still now, just on a short journey and it will flick to the news. I turn it down, I turn it over. But the small glimpse I get is just like, I can't help but think propaganda. And it's it, weird. It triggers the hell out of me, man. It's, I cannot be in the same room. Uh, you know, if I hear, you know, like the 10 o'clock news in the UK is the most toxic fucking thing I think I've ever seen. It's so bad now. Like the, the way it's all set up and boomers are addicted to it, I swear. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, boomers. Um, it's buying buying the papers daily, yeah, still, and all of that. Yeah, it's but that's what they've grown up with, and that's what they're you know. Twenty years ago, it's probably a much more trustworthy source of information, but because it's been bastardized so much and just changed so much, they've been the perennial boiling frog in the um, in the slow pan of water, right? As it, now you look at it, but you know, they still, like, come quarter to 10, I guarantee you there's a spike in the UK in electricity as boomers are putting on the kettle to get ready for the, the 10 o'clock news. 
and the way it starts like you know bong yeah. and then that little that angry stern face of that geezer with the gray hair like you know so and wearing his suit and tie is i look at it now it, this is a this is like reality tv or something that these guys it's are a, addicted to it it's the truman show it's it's it is very weird you, you put you know we, we talk about the bitcoin lens uh it, it you can't you can't r- really explain it until you you can't explain it to someone that hasn't experienced it but when they experience it they experience it and it's weird um because yeah the it, conversations around the news and what's happening there and there's no you know critical thinking has been suppressed and it's now at a point where it's clear that entities are out in the open continuing to suppress it further but you know the the, the majority will, will will ignore that because that that's how it is the beauty is the innovation just innovation as a whole and innovation of, of bitcoin even so is we're reducing the time to learn and change and be more agile you know as technology has driven us to change so as generations come through they're more that they can change quicker they're easier to do it because we're so used to changing our banks now our apps now because everything's service based so yeah we, we but the older generations they don't feel like they need to change even if they get given the information there's no need to change very much set in the ways um so yeah hopeful and for the future definitely (laughs) which is crazy because if you think about the amount of change that the the boomer generation went through i mean they went from zero tv to tvs in every bedroom and video recorders and the microwaves and like all of this technology was just dumped on their laps but now there just yeah. seems to be this kind of, right, enough's enough. <laughs> no more of this bullshit. And it's, it's, I've got a boomer coming on the show on Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to chatting with him because I, I am not a fan of Generation Wars. I think it's all bullshit. I think this is a 2000, what, no, a, a human civilization as far back as you can stretch it. I've been probably moaning about the youngins and moaning about the oldens, but the mainstream media, the narrative, especially in the UK, they drive these wedges between, and it's purposely done. It, it's truly shocking, and it's really very, very damaging to, to society. Uh, and I'd love to see more collaboration between the Zoomer and millennial generation and the, and the boomer generation. And like the, the level of education that can be passed up is, is an untapped resource for for boomers to be able to learn from digital natives now that we have like these zoomers that yeah and i've had a few on the show they blow my mind man these kids uh, is it was it is it geki yeah i i listened to that and yeah i actually sent it to a group chat and was like listen to this this guy's 17 and the mind-blowing emoji and just left it at that again whether they've listened to it or not it's you know, entirely up to them. But I think the older generations, the, the problem is is, is experience and knowledge has always been measured over time by years. So it's embedded into their mindset that the older you get, the more, the more you know, the wiser you are, which is, but they, they have no idea of how that time's been used and invested. 
and with information available as it is today and the ways in which you can learn and it's completely different. So you're, you're right, the amount of information that can go up as well as down, it, collaboration being you know, the key word you use is, is yeah. And you know, it's a Bitcoin podcast. I'm not sorry for keep banging the Bitcoin drum. I have to sometimes say that when I'm around the normies, but Bitcoin provides that level playing field where you don't care what your age is. I mean, majority of people, they're you know, an avatar, a floating donkey or bear or something. You don't know who they are, what part of the world they are, but they're talking sense, you know, and that's what matters, you know, uh, and, and the way in which discussions are had so openly. Um, so we, you know, we can call bullshit openly and we allow for live and open debates because that's what we deserve. We deserve the truth. And the only way you get the truth is hatching out. Um, so again, like jumping on Clubhouse and hearing Jimmy Song, you know, debate. Uh, I think it was the, was it something like the empty block or, or I can't remember what it was, but the recent FUD that came out where you could mine empty blocks. Um, and he, he quickly released an article to debunk it. But we were on Clubhouse and the, the moderator was like, just to let you know, these discussions can get heated. Yeah, because people are passionate and we want to, you know, want to get to the truth, whatever he said. But he, the, the clear message was it gets heated. If you don't want to be listening to that or you get offended by that, then well, you can get out of the room and go into, you know, a different room. And you could see it. The people that released that FUD, Jimmy Song debunked it. Uh, and it, all he wanted was for them to say, is my article right? It's debunked. You're wrong. That's all, all they needed to say is, yes, you're right, Jimmy. But they were backed into a corner and they did the typical, oh, no, but this and we're not talking about that anymore. And it's like, no, before we move on. And that's all Jimmy was trying to do. And he was getting, you know, he was he, was, he wasn't aggressive. He was just passionate. Um, and they were like making jokes about, you know, calm down and things like that. And it's like, no, you're not understanding. Like, again, understand time. It's precious. We haven't got time for this type of conversation. Admit that you're wrong, then move on and then have a debate. But you just you just didn't stand up. And it was it was clear. So I just left the room and said, there's no need to even stay there anymore. It's, I know the answer. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I had the, my first experience of that just last uh, this week, actually. Um, there's a group worth checking out. It's called Minds. If you if you head over to mindsstudio.com forward slash Bitcoin, uh, this is a pleb put this together he he fit he fell down the rabbit hole back end of last year after listening to my podcast he's a friend of mine and i'd sent him a few episodes and he was intellectually curious enough to, to go figure this thing out he's like now he's just hopelessly pilled so he started mindstudio.com forward slash bitcoin you can listen to the episode it's uh, at alvaro and he hosted uh the other night uh, a guy come on and talk about um Ethereum. Oh my God, man. That's the, that's the first time I've been triggered. And you know, this guy, I mean, he sat there and like just blabbed for a bit, almost an hour. And then just was like, right. Yes. Does anybody have any questions? I'm like, I've got no questions, but I've got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, but because there are other people on the call, and this is probably what Jimmy was thinking as well. You know, but there are, there are noobs out there right on that clubhouse 
and god damn we, we've we've all suffered right you've you've diversified mm-hmm. i did the same i i fought that path of shame you know i i just converted a couple of bitcoin to try and get into some ethereum and to dash and some litecoin fell off fell for all of that dog shit and come come away fingers burn and learn but it's our job now to make sure that people behind us don't fall into those traps and that's why people do get so heated and they do get so passionate because you're trying to protect other people from making the same mistakes that you did yeah yeah no definitely it's and the moderator actually mentioned that as a point as to why they need to be so clear is because people are learning things and if and the thing i learned as well and it goes back to mainstream media and diversifying and looking at different altcoins and the platforms they're building and whatever they're doing i'm not the smartest guy right so it's very easy for someone to sound smart to me and that's all and it's clear that that's what they're doing they they sound smart it's very easy for people you know especially in today's world and society to have so much self-doubt that you put it's very easy to just put trust in a complete stranger based on the way in which they come across and articulate themselves oh they must know what they're doing oh they studied there or they worked there and they're ex whatever company um we've gone beyond that and that's the problem with ethereum is they haven't seen it they're still in fiat world it's a lift and shift of the broken system that's all it is and we're saying the system's broken everything else is the old system and way of thinking so you you, there's going to be new platforms built because the VCs need buzzwords to go after. This is different. This isn't, you know, I hate when people say this is like getting into Amazon early. I know it's a great way to articulate to people that you're, you're early and can make money. And that's the best way to get people into to Bitcoin is show them that they can make some money by being early. But it's not a company. It's, yeah, so I, I, I don't like it when people say, say that. Not too much, but yeah, you know, I'm not overly aggressive when people say it, but it's just like no it's like it was gary v was on um peter mccormick's podcast listenable right just jumps in and and we know he's all over nfts and stuff and whatnot now so that's fine um the other thing as well is there's a lot of people the the beauty is the good thing about bitcoin came around because of the divide and what the banks did and all these different things is but we needed that divide because the arrogance of people at the top, they don't need to look into it and understand it because their life is hunky-dory. Yeah, it's the billions of other people that aren't living the life they want or they're stuck in this being farmed by marketing. The, but the matrix, as, as you know, we refer to it because it's a great, great reference point. So yes, tr- getting triggered is a good thing, I think. <laughs> Because it shows the passion. It's like a, you know, speaking to my, my postman, uh, uh, he was telling me outright that, you know, um, we were talking about Bitcoin and he was like, I know Cardano is one of the bigger ones. I was like, no. I was like, drop everything. And I was like, I said to him, I said, you've got your day job. I can't remember who keeps saying this, right? But you've got your day job. And then he sniggered. 
because you know he's obviously got self-doubt being about being a postman he's got some insecurities there you know and i didn't entertain that whatsoever i said no you're you're doing a service that we all use here it should not be down to you to become an investor i can't i don't know who keeps banging this drum whether it's on clubhouse or it's the wider communities banging it and that's why i can't pinpoint it on one person but it's true why are people having to try and educate themselves on a a financial system that's designed to be overcomplicated so that you can't educate yourself on it when you should, you know, Bitcoin savings technology, just buy Bitcoin and, you know, be happy. So it's, uh, it's, it's a great point. And it's something I try and help people understand as well that, you know, I, and I worked, mate, I was in the financial system for 18 years. Do you, you like, Imagine you bit you had big open offices probably right when you're doing recruitment you know the, the the room is just full of people doing their thing and that's what happens on uh, a brokering floor or even a trading floor but I guarantee you the guys brokering foreign exchange have no idea what the guys on the CDS market are doing didn't even know what the acronym was yeah. or on the NDF market. Or on the uh, um, IROs. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, so and so. Oh, the IROs look busy. He's like, all the time you're thinking, the fuck are they actually doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it, it, it's so damn impossible to understand. And there are so yeah. many bad actors on that second, third, and fourth layer trying to bring you in, right? The financial advisors that, just call you out of nowhere and say, oh, hey, have you thought about this investment? And yada, yada, yada. And then you get pulled in and then you get shamed into thinking, this guy's really smart. Yeah. He, he knows how I, you know, have been mismanaging my money. You know, what was I thinking? Just trying to hold money. That's crazy. Was it should be the most natural thing to do. And that is what Bitcoin is. Yeah. yeah. It's not this completely like the, the the way the media spin it as speculative there's nothing speculative about trying to store your wealth absolutely not no like it's storing the yeah storing your time the value you're adding if you know everyone's working but it's i don't know how to put it it's no one really knows what there's too much going on. And this is when we talk about the, the, the system as a whole is, you know, not necessarily a group of men around a table saying this is how it goes. It's just so many misaligned incentives and screwed up systems connected. And no one really knows what the other person's doing, but they're just getting their head down and doing what they should be doing. And no one's, even, no one's actually taking the time to lift their head up, breathe and go, what is actually going on here? Because we're, we're, we're just living a life day to day, paycheck to paycheck. And that's, you know, and that's, that's how life is. No, it shouldn't be like that. Um, I think, you know, it's a, it's a healthy, you know, Bitcoin is, is the reset. They keep talking about this global reset. I'm not going to be part of that reset. You know, Bitcoin is, is the much healthier reset. Just spend time with Bitcoiners and you'll see. Spend time, spend time with a group of politicians that are banging this great reset drum and then spend time with a group of Bitcoiners and then just pick which reset you want. And if you go on that side, then I, you know, 
you, you pick the wrong Bitcoiners because the Bitcoiners I know that if you spend you spend time with them, um, you yeah you're gonna you're gonna be infused. You're gonna be energetic. You're gonna you're gonna want to go down that path. So going back to what you said about looking at things through the Bitcoin lens, what are you screaming? What do you find yourself screaming bullshit around about the most at the moment? It's, it's, that's the obvious one. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too far, but the, the, the COVID, but more the, 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 the how it's been politicized and almost weaponized against again the the naivety and people that have so much self-doubt and are not going to critical thinking to say i'm going to put all of this trust in in someone else um yeah that's probably that's the biggest thing where i'm just like just come on guys I think it's Stefan Lavaro put out a tweet recently and it was the, the politician on a podium saying, stay indoors, wear your masks, you'll take our vaccines. And then there's a group of people and he, he's on a plank over the edge of a cliff. And then there's a group that, you know, the population it's represented is, is stood on the plank on the cliff. And there's just one guy that's turned around and they're walking away saying, fuck this. And I feel like that person because no one else is turning around. And there's still enough people on that platform to hold that government up. And it's the memes. I love memes, right? Again, the whole condensing of information and being able to educate people using that, that that's what I'm screaming bullshit about at the moment. And I think a lot of us are because a lot of it doesn't make sense. I was trying to tell my kids, I was trying to, you know, they're not going to give our faces back. We're going to have to take them back. Mm. And as long as there's 98 to 99% of the people happy to walk around with a fucking hanky on their head, they're not going to give it back to us. We've got to take our faces back. This is, it makes like the most ridiculous thing. It, it sounds stupid, right? But they will not give it back because look at what they've achieved. Yeah. It's the same thing, isn't it? Anything temporary is always, it's never actually given back. Again, I read it somewhere, don't know where, not sure if it's 100% true, but I'm going to say it anyway. Was it income tax was meant to be temporary? And then it stayed. I told my brother that. He was like, what do you mean? People were paying the Romans. I was like, no, the government's utility is, is supposed to be security. That's what they were paying for. Income tax is something different. You know, I think it was 1920s, was it? Um, and that stayed. And it was, But it's not just the once they get that, they never give it back. It's the the powers that give them to pass things without vote during crisis. And as soon as they, they and they're the ones labeling what the crisis is. So effectively the people making the decisions can make decisions on whatever they want without the public involved during a crisis, but they're the ones to call the crisis. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> it's, again, that, it just doesn't make sense. And I'd love there to be a Bitcoiner style open debate where people can go off mute and go, bullshit. <laughs> and here, here's what I think. But they won't allow it. Someone called Bill Gates out. He put his tweet out and he won't let people, you know, you can't comment on it on an open no. platform. He's, so, no, he's disabled replies. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's pure dictating. 
but yeah, he's 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 a super smart guy. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. That that's a that that's a rabbit hole that shouldn't even be a rabbit hole, but unfortunately, it's consuming so much human energy, brain power at the moment. Uh, it's demoralizing people. It's dividing people. Um, and it doesn't need to be like at the core root of who we are and what we're doing, how we should just be living day to day. There's no need for it. Real life Bond villain right there, man. So, yeah. What does he want to do now? Like uh, shield the sun or some bullshit? I don't know. I just don't bother reading it. <laughs> I just, again, it's just not worth my you know the memory space i have in my brain if i start reading that and find myself thinking about it or recalling it that's wasted time and energy in my view um, i heard it come up on john vallis's recent episode with the untapped growth guys and they were talking about uh, you've got to listen to that if you I, haven't i saw the short clip about the you know the farming and regenerative farming something that marty's yeah. doing a lot on as well yeah yeah definitely catch that up and uh because he he talks about I think it's called sun shielding or something. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, how can that even be? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, all right, man. Before we uh, get too deep into this bottle of rum, and uh, mm. the third beer will be arriving pretty soon. If you had one orange pill left to give, who would you give it to, and why? I'd, I'd give it to my girlfriend. I know that that's, that's cheating a bit because I live with her and I should be orange pilling her. But that ability to just flick a switch rather than you know have to keep badgering on and doing it, definitely. Um, you didn't enjoy the chase back in the day? Like that that, that was too... <laughs> <laughs> I can't chase my whole life. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to go with girlfriend. I, I, I don't think there's anyone else in my direct circle that I'd think... I'd give it to and um there's no one even if they're sort of you know you, a lot of people will say you know big senior people that'll be influential to the space i personally don't care about them too much they'll learn about bitcoin in time uh, it's coming it's inevitable so yeah i'd give it to the one i love that makes so much sense and uh, Gigi's talked about this as well again um he 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 points out that it can be very divisive within relationships. It can be a very tough, tough thing to handle when you are so far deep down the rabbit hole and everything we've talked about, right? your, your mind changes, and the way you view the world changes and you, you, you can sniff bullshit out in an instant. But if the other person is still tapped into the mainstream and still tapped into a uh, consumerist lifestyle because they've not put the effort in or they don't have the interest or that you know it's it can this can cause problems yeah yeah i think yeah touching everything wood around me there's no major problems that but i yeah i can definitely see how because you, you'd have very differing opinions on certain things that could be quite pivotal to the next steps in your journey together um 
but yeah so then I'd, I'd just take it on myself that you know if that ever comes around I've got to push harder and get her on the Bitcoin standard because <laughs> she'll see she'll see the light um yeah I think we're talking about you know the potential of people being married to Bitcoin rather than their their partner <laughs> by the sounds of it <laughs> yeah I guess yeah that might happen um all right mate we should we should start wrapping up uh yeah. i know you you were interested i think you were trying to look into getting across to miami but um i think as europeans right now we're, we're kind of it's a tough tough ask yeah i think I, I popped a note on there it's not looking likely um i think i think it was peter mccormick was saying he was due to be in texas but they declined the application and there's something along the lines of miami being difficult but you've got to go elsewhere before going to miami I haven't got the, the the time to be beaching it up for two weeks um, and then heading over to Miami. But I'm keeping a close eye on it because if it changes and I'm, I'm able to, I will I will put a quick sort of holiday in and head out there because I think that would be, well, be awesome. One glimmer of hope I saw somebody tweeted at me the other day, a Forbes article saying that, Biden's going to be lifting travel restric- travel restrictions mid May, but okay, what gets lifted and what stays in place? Who knows, right? Yeah, still you don't know what what the um what the rules are coming back. Uh, well, coming back, I can deal with. <laughs> if as long as I get there for it, then anything that disrupts coming back is just a disruption, and there's nothing I can do. Is out of my hands. I'll have to deal with it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take that disruption. And what a, again, just what a load of old bullshit, but, uh, there you go. All right, mate, where can people come and find you and learn more about Bitcoin and jobs and what's the best way for them to keep an eye out and try and find themselves a, a job for, with a Bitcoin company? Yeah. So the website is bitcoinerjobs.co. Um, and then Twitter handle is at bitcoinerjobs. Um, and then, yeah, you can either, I, I do a lot of tweet threads, so I'm trying to do more and more, um, to obviously reach wider audiences as to what live jobs are on the platform. Um, but you can get a daily or weekly newsletter emailed, um, for when jobs hit the, hit the platform. And then behind the scenes, I'm trying to engage new Bitcoin only companies, get them to put their jobs on. Um, so obviously we've got them all in one place so that there's just a one-stop shop for Bitcoiners to go to. Excellent. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing everything that uh, we've, we've spoken about today. If there's any parting message, go for it. No, no parting message. Just keep orange pilling and get out of fear. Just, just do it. Love it. Thanks, mate. Take care. That's right. Cheers. Well, guys, what did you think of that? You revved up? Has that given you some ideas? Has that got you scratching your heads? Has that got you pounding the keyboard to find at bitjoin at bitcoiner jobs on twitter make sure you're following because they're always updating what's going on and they're always updating the new jobs that are coming online now this is it's it's big guys this has been taken off over the last couple of weeks in in a huge way some of the jobs they are listing are incredible these are good good positions and you know, you could find yourself a job anywhere from customer service all the way up to CFO. So please make sure you're watching it and make sure you reach out. Get in these guys' DMs. Get yourself 
front of the queue, make sure you're in their in their sights. Uh, this is just going to keep happening over the next year or two as we go through this cycle. And then, if we do have another bear market, that's where the building happens. That's where the real work starts. And if you're already foot in the door at one of these companies and going through one of these down periods and you're helping building, this would really set you up for life. It's a really important thing and please go and help Nathan. Support Nathan in any way you can. As he said, it's just him at the moment trying to drive this thing. He has some good support, uh, but it's more just a side project. And I do think that this will become a huge thing for him as well. Thanks again, man, for coming on. Before I sign off, make sure you hit up the sponsors. Coin Floor in the UK. Relay across Europe, Swan in the US, and Shift Crypto. Go get yourself that hardware wallet, Bitcoin only.